Hi, this is Pastor Tom, and I want to welcome you to this study together of Luke and Acts. We're actually going to study these two books, the book of Luke and the book of Acts together in a different way than we usually do in Drive Time Devotions. We're going to study a chapter a day instead of a chapter a week. The reason for this is to give you the opportunity to have a survey of the life of Jesus and the beginning of his church. We've studied through Mark and John and Matthew a chapter a week, so we've had an opportunity to go through some of the Gospels in a longer look at the life of Jesus. I wanted you to have this opportunity to look in a briefer way, but also in a more comprehensive way, looking at the overall life of Christ and looking at the overall beginning of his church, because there's something about seeing how Jesus' life was lived and how his church was begun that has the power to excite your faith, to help you to see God's plan, to comfort you in the struggles that you have, because Jesus is a comforter, and to help you to realize that God has a plan for history that expands not only from then, but also into your life today. So we begin today a study of the book of Luke together, a chapter a day. And as we study through this book, we're going to find it's a pretty easy journey in seeing what this book is all about. What's the book of Luke about? It's about a birth, a beginning, a ministry, a journey, and then a death and a resurrection. That's the book of Luke. It begins with a birth. In chapters 1 and 2, you have the infancy narratives, and you have the stories of John the Baptist and Jesus being born. And then you have the preparation for the ministry, a beginning. In chapters 3 to the beginning of chapter 4, you have Jesus starting out his ministry. And we're going to be looking at some of that this very week. And then in chapter 4 to 9, you have Jesus' ministry in Galilee, him serving the people, healing the people, doing miracles, teaching the people. And then in chapter 9 to 19, the most significant part of the book of Luke, you have Jesus' journey to Jerusalem. Jesus heading toward Jerusalem to give his life for us, but on his way there, he's teaching us all along the way how to live the life that he's going to give us. He's going to give his life for us, but he also wants to give us a life. And in these chapters, we see how to live that life. And then in chapter 19 to 24, you have Passion Week. You have the last week of Jesus' life, him giving his life for us, the Garden of Gethsemane, the cross, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the book of Luke. So let's just jump right into it. Chapter one of the book of Luke. This chapter begins with the introduction of the book. It's the announcement of two births in this chapter. The the birth of John and of Jesus are both announced, John the Baptist. You also have the response of John's father, Zachariah, and of Jesus' mother, Mary. And then we have the birth of John also in this chapter. It all begins with the introduction. In the introduction, Luke writes this. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us just as they were handed down to us by those who first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. Therefore, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, it seemed good also to me to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things that have been taught. Here's Luke writing to a friend, most excellent Theophilus, he says. He says, I want to write to you in an orderly way. I've written it down. I've investigated it all, and I want you to hear about the life of Jesus. Now, you may know that Luke also wrote the book of Acts. So when we get to Acts, he's going to write it also to this most excellent friend, Theophilus. Don't miss that Luke was written to an individual. And so the truths in the gospel of Luke are meant to be lived out in our individual lives. But also don't miss the name of this individual, Theophilus. Theophilus means Theo, God, Phyllis, which means comes from phileo, which means love. It means a lover of God. So this is written to all of us. 
In fact, you might just want to name yourself on the back of your mind in one sense, Theophilus, for the rest of this study, because you are a lover of God. You are someone who wants to learn to love God. Maybe you're just beginning this investigation in listening to this. Maybe you've been for many, many years living out this life of loving God. Wherever you are in that journey, this is a book that is written to you. And after the introduction, Luke jumps in and there's an announcement. There's an announcement of the birth of John the Baptist. I want you to notice as we see what happens with John the Baptist, and in a moment we're going to see the announcement of the birth of Jesus, I want you to notice a difference as we walk through these. When the announcement of John's birth is given to his father, Zechariah, you have the announcement, you have Zechariah's response, then you have the birth, and then you have praise that is given. Something a little different happens when we get to the birth of Jesus. The announcement comes, the response, then praise comes. Mary goes more immediately to praise than Zechariah, we're going to see, and then the birth. It's very important as we walk through this chapter. Here's what happens beginning in verse 5. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah, and his wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were upright in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commandments and regulations blamelessly. But they had no children because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well along in years. And then an angel appears. An angel appears to Zechariah, and the angel says to him, do not be afraid, in verse 13, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to give him the name John. In verse 18, Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man, and my wife is well along in years. The angel answered, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I've been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day that this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their proper time. So here is Zechariah, and we learn in this story that he's a priest of God. He's serving in the temple at this time. An angel appears to him, and he doesn't believe the word of the angel. Now, let's go from this priest of God, this older man, this servant who should know it all spiritually. Let's go and look together at a teenage girl, just beginning her life of faith. And she hears the announcement of the birth of Jesus. And here's what happens in verse 26. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and will give birth to a son, and you're to give him the name Jesus. He will be great. He'll be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One will be born and be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. For she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing will be impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. And then the angel left her. This is amazing to me. Here is Zechariah, a priest of God. And here is Mary, a simple teenaged girl. Her faith shines greater than his. It's a reminder to me, it's a reminder to all of us, I think, of the danger 
of familiarity with the things of God. Zechariah was so familiar with the things of God, even though he served God every day and thought about God every day, he was so familiar that even God suggesting a different name that he thought the son should have, name him John. Nobody in our family is named John, he said. Even God saying that he could have a child in his old age, even though he taught about Abraham having a child in, in old age, it seemed impossible to him. And here's Mary, so new in the things of God that nothing was impossible with God, even a virgin birth. Now, the good news to me is that God worked in both of their lives to get them to the place of faith and trust in him. And at the end, within this chapter, they both sing praise songs to God. Zechariah in verse 68 sings, praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come and he has redeemed his people. And you, my child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare the way for him. Zechariah did have spiritual insight. He did know that John the Baptist, even from his birth, was going to be sent to prepare the way for the Lord. He listened to the angel. He finally trusted the angel. Even those who are familiar with the things of God can come to the place of trust. And then there's the praise song of Mary. I'm not going to read all of it, but let me read verse 46 to verse 50. Mary sang, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. Mary's praise song, even just reading a few verses of each, you hear that Zachariah's praise song is a little bit more formal. Mary's praise song, it's fresh. It's, it's, it's a sense of the depth of her relationship with God. Just this wide-eyed amazement that God would use even her. Now here's the question. What's your praise song? Even in circumstances you may not completely understand. Zachariah didn't completely understand. Mary didn't completely understand. They both sang songs of praise to God. What's your praise song? How are you praising God even in the circumstances you don't understand? Let's pray together. Jesus, regardless of the circumstances, you were at work, oftentimes in greater ways than we could imagine, doing greater things than we could imagine. So regardless of the circumstances right now, help me to praise you, to praise you that you'll never fail me, to praise you that you are with me, to praise you that you have a plan that goes even through this. I choose I choose today to live in the place of gratefulness and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I know you're not going to miss tomorrow. Tomorrow we're going to take a look together at the birth of Jesus Christ. <laughs>